you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 127. Well, hi guys. I am excited for this week's podcast because I'm going to be kind of piggybacking on last week's episode and it's all about homeschooling um, for those of us who are reluctant homeschoolers um, who were sort of forced into this position because of the 2020 pandemic. Um, but even if you're not listening to this in real time, you, I'm sure there's a lot of helpful tips in terms of like how to set your kids up for success during their school year, whether they're with you during the day or whether they're not. Um, because as we all know, in this day and age, kids are given so much freaking homework and, um, and so we have to have a way to manage that as well. So even if you're not homeschooling your kids full time, if you're listening to this in real time during the pandemic, this is going to be, uh, very applicable to you. But if you're listening to it, not in real time, um, there's also going to be some great nuggets. So enjoy. Um, okay. So what I want to talk about is I really want to talk about some very tangible tips and tools for helping your kids have a successful school year. Um, and of course, I have to start it off with a story that has nothing to do with it, but <laughs> I'll tie it together. So, okay, so my story that I thought about is when my Alec, who's now 22, when he was little, I never cooked dinner, like in his first three years of life, okay? So my narrative, my story was that I wasn't a cooker, Okay, I never, I didn't help my mom. I didn't hang around in the kitchen. I didn't help my nan, which was what I called my grandma, um, who I grew up with. And she, when my mom went back to work, when I was pretty young, my grandmother would come over and pretty much cook dinner for us every single night. Like, wouldn't that be nice? Can y'all, I mean, literally every mom, it's like the bane of our existence. My mom was so spoiled. She had her mom living around the corner and she would literally come over every single day while my mom was at work and make and hang out in the afternoon and make us dinner and then we would all sit down my mom got to like come home from dinner come home from work and stir a few things and for the most part dinner was done um so my mom had it good um anyway so they would be they would cook dinner um mostly my nan and um like I just showed up when it was time for dinner 
my brother was the helper. Like he was the creative person. He was the one who was in there helping. He loved helping. I wanted nothing to do with it. So my story was I'm just not into domestic things like cooking. I just, I couldn't be bothered. So for the first three years of Alex's life, I would say we went out most nights of the week. Like I didn't even think about it. And, um, I was also young. I had him at 27 and, um, and it wasn't like a whole planned thing. Like I got married and then six months later I was like, uh, what? I'm pregnant, huh? Um, so I became a mom at 27 and, um, and I wasn't like, like I was young. I was a young 27. I was not, I mean, I really, I just, I didn't, I didn't think about things. I just kind of went through the motions. So, um, so really for the first three years of his life, we went out. Um, it was always stressful. Uh, he made a mess. Like I remember, oh my gosh, like it was just like underneath that high chair, just like, just the shit he would throw on the ground. Like he would make a mess. I felt like we had to eat really fast. I would get indigestion. Um, we always got home later than we intended. And so we were always behind the eight ball in terms of getting ready for bed. Um, he never went to bed as early as I had planned. And so it was always turning into like, you know, a shit show at the end of the night. Um, and he just wasn't getting the sleep his body needed. And he, I didn't know this at the time, but you know, he came out kind of moody and crying and, um, he was just a highly sensitive kid from the get go. So he really required that sleep and he was just like not getting the sleep that he needed. So it was stressful. And I wasn't ever present during bedtime. Like I just wanted him to, I wanted to get him down so I could binge watch or closet smoke or do whatever I needed to do to decompress from the stressful night. And it didn't, it didn't even, it's so weird to even say it now, but like it didn't even dawn on me that it wasn't working. I was just too caught up in going through the motions and just sort of living in complacency. Like I didn't even know to, I didn't even know it could be different. I just, I didn't even think about it. I was just young and I was just like learning how to be a mom and, um, and just, yeah, I just wasn't thinking. I I wasn't conscious. That's the truth of the matter. And if at the time somebody had talk to me about being conscious like that would have annoyed me I was just so not there and and in fact I'll say like when people a lot of times will I really work hard on my judgment of other people my judgment of myself and um and one of the things I always think is and I've even said to people is um I try not to judge because if I'm capable of changing as much as I've changed over the years like I sort of feel like anyone is capable but if I think back about uh, you know 27 year old me like I really just I didn't even know to I didn't even know to be conscious it wasn't on my radar so I can't remember the exact moment when I decided to make a shift and learn how to actually make dinner and to get it on the table but I know there had to be some pivotal moment because that's just the way I roll um like I always like there's always a, a rock bottom some kind of moment where where things get real and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, this is terrible. We're not doing this anymore because that's just the way I am. If y'all just heard a snore, it's my son, Alex, uh, French Bulldog Cheryl. 
or his eight month old puppy who's laying next to me sleeping as I record this podcast. Um, so, um, so I can't remember the exact moment y'all, but I know that there was one. Um, and something changed. Like I learned, I was like, okay, we got to do this differently. So I, I learned the pack leadership skills, um, to get dinner on the table and our, our nights became smoother. And, and, and what I've said over the years is I know how to get dinner on the table for my family. I'm a functional cook. I don't love it. Um, I know how to do it because it, I was just, it was like, you know, lo and behold, there would be like four other people around six o'clock who would show up and have eyes on me to feed them. And when we didn't have a plan in place, um, it was just super stressful. And so I just sucked it up and figured it out. And I have a bunch of different systems and methods and ways. And I pick some things up and I marinate things and I batch cook and I just make it happen. Usually as efficiently as I can make it happen. I don't have a love for cooking. Um, but I just sort of figured it out as like the path of least resistance. And, um, and I really attribute that to me looking at the needs of my family and just sort of stepping into pack leadership and doing what I needed to do to make the family run as smoothly as possible. And so, um, so once I learned how to do that, y'all, like, like the guilt reduction for me was less. Like I, I mean, I, it was huge. There was so like, I had, I had guilt every night when things were stressful and then I couldn't wait to get my kid to bed and get away from him. And, you know, I would do whatever I would need to do to decompress. Like I would lay my head down at night and I didn't feel great about myself. It didn't feel like the family I'd always dreamed of. Um, it, you know, it didn't feel good in any way, shape or form. And so once I figured it out, like I didn't dread the evenings as, as much anymore. I looked forward to them and, ultimately what happened was there was just more connection all around like there was this ripple effect that happened and um and so once I improved this one area and I felt more in control and I wasn't just like letting life happen to me I was I was I was showing up in leadership I was determining how I wanted our experience to go and that felt super empowering and amazing and so then it just was like it just sort of affected all these other areas of my life as well. And things changed dramatically. And I really think that me sort of just sucking it up and figuring out like they're going to show up hungry. I might as well just, just bite it, bite the bullet and feed them. Um, I really think that that is a lesson we can apply to this time of COVID and reluctant homeschooling where many of us find ourselves and um and just seeing it differently and learning how to step into um that that leadership that pack leadership that's going to help our family run more smoothly okay so pack leadership is what i refer to when i talk about being a positive leader an assertive leader a leader who helps those in your care feel safe in the world Okay, and what do all good leaders know? They know that you have to have a plan. You have to communicate the plan ahead of time, at a non-relevant time, not in the heat of the moment. And they know you have to follow through on the plan. 
So any good educator knows that to foster engagement so that real learning can happen, there has to be some fun, some playfulness, and some spontaneity built in, okay? And when you do this with school, you're going to have the PAC leadership framework to apply to many other areas of your life, like meals and bedtimes and vacations, when we get to do vacations again. And it's similar to what I did when it came to dinner. Like, I had to figure out how to have a plan. Um, This involves some research. I'm a non-traditional person. I'm a non-systematic person. So what was my research? What did I do? I watched the cooking network. Like, all of a sudden, like, that's when I'm faced with a challenge. I usually do go into research mode, but it's not, you know, it's never going to be boring. It's always going to be on my terms and... I've always loved to watch TV. I could like lay in my bed and watch cooking shows. And um, and I started like watching cooking shows and then printing out recipes or getting recipes from people. And I created like a little book of some recipes. Um, then you got to communicate the plan. Like, so that was my planning, right? Then you have to actually communicate it. So what did I do? I had to determine what were the dinner time rules. And I had to teach those rules and communicate them ahead of time. And it was forever evolving, you know, and this is the same way when it comes to school. You may start the school year off where y'all are doing virtual learning for the first six weeks and then it may move to a hybrid format and you may find that as you get to know the kids, teachers and the, you know, and they're, they're getting to know and what the workload looks like, like it might be evolving and changing and that's okay. Like for us, when it came to dinner, we were like, We had to figure out from where to sit, like who sat and who cleared the table, what the plan was for how that happened, respectful table manners. Like what what do you say when when you don't care for something that's being served? Um, Or like the dessert rules. I remember like I started – and it was usually like I would would modify whatever our plan was, um, whatever our rules were based on the problems that came up okay so that's what a good leader does a good leader knows that you're going to set a plan you're going to communicate that plan but then you also have to be flexible because things are going to come up and when something comes up and it's a problem over and over again then you have to modify the rules and like I remember at one point where I started noticing that my kids have always been dessert obsessed and um and so we've had a rule of you have to eat the food that makes you grow before you eat the food that just tastes good and um, and it wasn't like a three bite, five bite. It was just like reasonable. You know, you had to taste things. You had to eat something that that actually makes your body grow that isn't just the stuff that just tastes good and doesn't serve any kind of purpose in terms of helping you grow. That was kind of the way we explained it. And um, And so one kid would have, you know, eaten what they felt was a su- sufficient amount for their body to grow and then they'd start talking about dessert and then another kid wouldn't be finished eating and then they'd start thinking about desserts then they weren't hungry for their dinner anymore and so it became a problem so we had a rule that um you had to wait till every single member of the family was completely finished eating for before even the you know the dessert discussion could happen before anyone started mentioning anything that had to do with the dessert and if you brought dessert up before every single family member was done eating then dessert was off the table for everyone that night and that became our rule so we were always modifying the rules 
and then you know you got to follow through on the plan so you so you spell you you find out you figure out and you research what your plan is you communicate the plan and then you have to follow through on the plan and what does that involve it involves boundaries and enforcing consequences for when the plan isn't adhered to so like in my family it might be no dessert it might be a kid going to bed hungry it might be being sent away from the table to your calm down spot or setting the table for the rest of the week because there was a consequence for certain behavior that wasn't according to the plan or wasn't according to the rules. And that involves, you know, setting boundaries and enforcing consequences. I know, easier said than done. A lot of times learning how to be an effective pack leader, what I have found, especially with many women, is there's more to the equation and learning how to do that, okay? Um and this level of pack leadership, like it, it allowed my family, like it took a stressful time. Dinner every night was like the bane of my existence. It was stressful. But once I figured out our plan and then we just started following the plan and following through on the, on the plan, um, which did involve setting boundaries and enforcing consequences, like my family ended up enjoying family meals together for now it's been like two decades. And I would say dinner at home, not out at a restaurant, but at home is still Alex's favorite thing to do when he comes to visit from college. Um, and he usually asks me the dinner plan between like two and four every day because he likes to know what to expect. Like he looks forward to having dinner as a family because it turned into a really positive time for us rather than a stressful time. So with the right pack leadership, this time of virtual school can leave a lasting impression on your kids. So what if this was a time where y'all learn to work and your kids learn to work smarter, not harder? What if it's a time to break free of tech addiction with the right pack leadership? What if this is their time to learn an instrument or to think outside the box or to find more productive ways to entertain themselves than they've known in the past? Like none of this isn't, is going to happen without you on board as the positive pack leader. So here's some, here's my three top tips. Number one, plan your space. Like look for ways to transport, to transform your current space into one that'll be conducive to, um, you guys working together as a family, right? So it's going to be like, it's like one big space where people can work, where there can be a space for quiet activities, where there's an arts and craft area. Like you'll have headphones, earbuds, art supplies, books, maybe a little mini trampoline for brain breaks. Um, there's a reason why classrooms in early childhood have centers. So you want to set up some centers and it doesn't have to be pretty, you guys. It's just, it make it functional. Just like my dinner. Like it wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't making gourmet meals. You know, I'm picking up mashed potatoes from Whole Foods. So, um, so it doesn't have to be beautiful. Just make it functional so you guys can work together. Nobody's coming over to your house anyway. So it's not like it needs to look company ready. Um, so when you set up those centers, you know, you know, your kids are going to feel more connected and more cooperative if you learn to coexist together. And in these spaces, when they can see you, when y'all are, have this plan and it's been set and there's a space and they know what to expect and there's rules on the wall and, 
and we've gone over it and there's boundaries and there's consequences and you lean into the suckage of when you have to enforce those consequences so they know that like you mean business and you're truly an effective pack leader like you're going to be able to get your work done like you don't have to escape your kids to get your stuff done your work or maybe even your work out done they're doing a zoom class and you're doing a yoga video or you know doing some stretches or doing some exercise and then they next thing you know they want to join you doing that like you'll learn to coexist together and ultimately this can help you guys feel even more connected um we also have um a resource that spells out all these tips and one thing on the resource is the three it's like the homeschool um helpful hips helpful tips for homeschooling um is the three hour simple solution so what they what 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 most people who have been doing the homeschool thing for a while will tell you is that it's pretty much three hours three hours is your simple solution so you need three hours um to really accomplish what they need to accomplish during the day and um and so you spell that out like what three hours is everyone feeling the freshest is it from nine to twelve is it split up you know um but if it's from nine to twelve like really spell it out so hour one any essential academics is hour one so language arts math etc there's a reason why usually those subjects are scheduled in traditional um, classroom settings in the morning because it's usually when the brain is the freshest hour two Books in all forms, read alouds, individual reading, audio books. And hour three is games, documentaries, podcasts, online learning. Remember, like this is our time. I mean, I, I, my, I have kind of an addiction to learning. And in this day and age, like there's so many cool resources that I think are way more interesting than a lot of traditional classroom settings. Like show your kids TED Talks. Um, I mean, YouTube alone, you can pretty much learn anything you want to on YouTube. I've been watching um, this documentary series all about the Roosevelts. Um, like that would be an amazing, that would be an amazing part of a kid's curriculum. Um, I mean, the, the, I, I didn't know all the details of the Roosevelt family. And I mean, that's two presidents. So, um, so then, then the next tip is begin the day. Begin and end the day with a ritual. Like rituals help humans to feel safe in the world. It also is a way to set intentions and then measure success, which really solidifies learning. Okay. And, um, and so, one, so something simple you can do is you can begin the day with a five-minute writing activity. Like have a ritual where every day you have a five-minute writing a- a- activity where you can provide structure you can set goals you can have kids write out goals for the day and you can do it verbally you know if your kids are resistant one day to writing it out just do it verbally um you can do it verbally you can have a marker board you can write the stuff up like don't stand on ceremony make it fun do it together um and for kids four and younger you need to do it verbally you need to do it together and you can write it you can ask them to illustrate it um, let the kids pick what order they want to do things in, right? So they can also, like, you can set out where y'all start the day with a writing activity and set a goal, and then you can say, um, what subject 
do you want to work on first today? Do you want to do math first? Do you want to do language first? Do you want to do spelling first? What works for you? Okay, so that empowers them to get to be part of it. And then the ending day ritual is like super growth mindset. Okay, if if y'all have heard that podcast I made about growth versus fixed mindset. So you're really, by setting uh, an end ritual of the day where you um, really have them sort of measure what they accomplished that day. And this is going to help foster uh, independent thinking and, um, and really, and it really helps to build their critical thinking. So some good things that you can ask for the end of the day, uh, ritual, it could be, what did I learn today that helped me or will help me in the future? What was the biggest challenge I faced today and in what ways did the challenge benefit me? Where did I show a great attitude today? What am I most grateful for today? So you could include all of those. You could just include one a day. You can do it however you want to do it. And each of those questions is really structured to help your child reflect and go inside so they can find the answers. This is so powerful, you guys. So if they, if they do this, this really is going to help build their critical thinking skills. And this is something that they'll take with them in life. Um, now listen, if you don't want to have to think about this every day, you could just print it out on a Google Doc, on a worksheet, and, um, and just print out a bunch of them. You could have a marker board with these prompts, and they go up to the marker board, and they fill it in each day. And, um, and then the next morning when you start the beginning ritual, you can kind of reflect. You can say, like, yesterday, look, it was such a successful day. What kind of day are we going to have today? So then it's like building upon itself and growing. Um, so, you know, just know that the world is really our oyster right now. Like, we can do whatever we want. And, um, and, and, and what I want to really encourage you guys to do is just to be flexible just to follow your child's lead and know that if they're having a rough day or they're having trouble getting on that zoom call or completing an assignment there's always a reason there's always a reason and when we show up with this pack leadership where we've got a plan we communicate the plan at a non-relevant time we bring some creativity and some playfulness um and we are connecting. We're learning how to truly coexist together and sort of get back to a simpler time with our kids. It also doesn't mean that we have to put all our stuff on the back burner. Like you're fostering independent thinking skills with your kids. You're also letting them know, like, I'm right here and I got stuff to do too. I've got work to get done too. I've got a workout to get done too. I've got dinner to plan too. Um, what you know you can include them in the whole dinner planning process the shopping process like allow them to get to be a a valuable family member there's so many different ways we can use this time to truly become a more connected family so just like my family with the dinner thing like that was such a stressful thing back in the day and it ended up turning into something that I think really helped my family to become very cohesive and um and grow as a family so what if we used 
what if we use that example to kind of guide us in in these times and use this time for that as well. So that's what I've got for you. Um, we do have a remote learning from home tips handout. That's what it's called officially that we have um, in our private member, uh, mastermind member uh, content library. And if you would like it, we would be happy to send it to you. Just email us at info at randyrubenstein.com info at randyrubenstein.com and let us know like put in the subject uh learning from home tips handout or learning from home and um and we'll get back with you and we'll shoot over a copy of that okay guys hope you have a great great week and until next week bye you guys i've created it my team has created it actually if you're ready to take your family from surviving to thriving. We got something for you. We created this amazing 30-day, very affordable Mastermind Parenting Crash Course. So if you're ready to learn how to solve any problem, big or small, with your strong-willed child and, frankly, anyone, um, you're ready to learn how to master the productive combo, you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've been reading the resources that we put out, but you have found yourself not necessarily taking action, it's okay. You're normal. You just need 30 days of consistent action, and that's why we created the Crash Course. So we're going to switch you from old school discipline and all that conditioning that you bring to the table during triggered moments because you're human, and we're going to start the retraining process. Um, They say it takes 30 days to create a new habit. That's why we made it a 30-day crash course. It's super affordable. I'd love to see you on the inside. We send you bite-sized trainings every day. We don't have logins and all kinds of nonsense involved. We have hired tech engineers. We send the trainings directly to your cell phone. It's a no-brainer. And it's one price per family. So it's a great way to get on the same page with your co-parent. It's a great way to start taking your family in a whole new direction. Like the time is now. So if you want to learn more, if you want to join the Mastermind Parenting Crash Course, go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash 30. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash 30. Can't wait to get to know.